0: Mary McCord, are you there? Yes, I am. Before Robert Mueller was put in charge of the Department of Justice's Russia investigation, the person leading the probe was this woman, Mary McCord. How did you get the news about Sessions yesterday?
1: Uh, I got an alert on my phone from either one.
0: Mary left the DOJ last year. She teaches at Georgetown Law. When Attorney General Jeff Sessions got fired yesterday, So many commentators began speculating about the future of the work her office started. So I called Mary up. How do you see it? As a firing? As a resignation?
1: Well, you know, I think it's clear from the way Sessions wrote his letter that it was at the president's request. Sessions didn't have to capitulate, and he did. And since he did capitulate, I, I would still call that a resignation.
0: Mary still has a lot of questions about the man taking over the department, a guy named Matthew Whitaker especially after reports today that Whitaker has no intention of following Sessions' lead and recusing himself from the Russia investigation.
1: I do think in that regard that it's incumbent upon him to consult with ethics experts because just by what's out there publicly known, things that Mr. Whitaker, who I do not know, I've never met, I've never worked with him, there's enough out there that he has said criticizing the investigation that I think would cause most people in his position to say either on their own, I need to recuse myself because of the appearance of impartiality, or I need to at least consult with ethics officials about whether I should recuse myself. I'm sure that some of the things he said are exactly the reason why President Trump wanted to, to put him in uh, as chief of staff last year. But I still hold out at least some thread of hope that this is a man who has spent time before his U.S. attorney, who I hope will, you know, really respect the ideals of the Department of Justice and will not uh, allow it to be politicized.
0: I'm sure you saw that video last night of Jeff Sessions leaving the DOJ yes. and the staff sort of clapping. I just wonder what you thought when you looked at it.
1: So <laughs> it's interesting because I I've, i mean, there's no secret that uh, as a matter of policy, I disagree with m- much of what A.G. Sessions did during his tenure, just, you know, um, separations at the border and, you know, let's prosecute marijuana offenses. I mean, there's just a lot of things. But I respect that he recused himself um, in the Russia investigation because he, he knew that he had a conflict and I think it was wrong for him to be fired almost what appears to me to be almost entirely because of the president being mad at him for recusing. I mean, there's no way this president could look at Jeff Sessions and say, you haven't faithfully carried out my agenda. The only apparent reason for his firing to me is his recusal from this investigation where the president thought that Jeff Sessions could protect him. Those people who were out in the courtyard last night, I think you know some of them may very well agree with, with Sessions' policy decisions and, and were applauding him for that. And there might be others that are out there to send a message that, you know, requesting the resignation of somebody for the reason why the president requested the resignation is, is wrong.
0: It's so funny listening to you talk because you're using the word fired
1: <laughs> before yeah, yeah. you were like, no, he
0: resigned. It's like I can yep. hear in your voice how you have so much hope for um, (laughs) the country and then also so much skepticism about this particular moment and some people have really come out and said strongly like this is a line in the sand
1: yeah yeah and it's easy to do that because it all really just does stink to high heaven from an appearance perspective and I guess I just like you said I hold out some hope that appearances aside that good people will do the right thing You know it's a different thing when you step into those shoes of the attorney general and you walk into that office and you know that you are the leader of this huge organization that needs to endure well beyond your term um, which will be short because this is a vacancies act appointment that's limited to 210 days you know how much havoc do you really want to wreck when when you're in that position he's, he's got to think carefully long and hard about his own future and the future of the department, and I, and I hope that he does that and, and does the right thing.
0: I'm Mary Harris. Today, what next for the Justice Department? Jeff Sessions is out, Matthew Whitaker is in, at least for now. But will he do the right thing? We're going to talk about all that with Benjamin Wittes. He's the editor-in-chief of the Lawfare blog and a senior fellow at Brookings. He's gonna run down the four things to watch over in the next few days that will help you understand where this latest cabinet-level shakeup might go next. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by SAP. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI will not help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. Or automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. There is such a lack of information about the ousting of Jeff Sessions and what it all means. So to sort through everything, I wanted to talk to one of the most exacting people following the Russia investigation. That would be Ben Wittes, senior fellow at the Brookings Institution and editor-in-chief of Lawfare. Hello? Hey, are you literally just, like, fielding call after call right now about what's happening at the DOJ?
2: It depends what you mean by literally.
0: You see what I mean? Ben Wittes does not respect imprecision. We were all kind of expecting this, though, right? Right.
2: So we were certainly expecting Sessions to be replaced and relatively promptly. I I don't know that I was expecting it to happen within 18 hours of the polls closing, but that in and of itself was not especially surprising. I think the shock of the day is not the removal of Sessions, but the installation in his stead on an interim basis of uh, Matt Whitaker.
0: Tell me a little bit about what we know about Matt Whitaker, just what we've learned over the last few hours, really.
2: Well, so Matt Whitaker has been Sessions' chief of staff. He's a former U.S. attorney from Iowa, and he has distinguished himself in the Trump era, chiefly for having been a vociferous defender of the president on CNN and for having Said a lot of uh, disparaging things about the investigation and urged different approaches to reining it in. He is also interestingly someone who is has a professional association in a in a political context. He was the campaign chairman for uh, a gentleman named Sam Clovis, who is now uh, one of the subjects I- in the Mueller investigation. And so, uh, you know, he's somebody who has uh, oft-expressed views uh, on the subject that are favorable to the president and the president's point of view and who has a pretty direct association with somebody who's, you know, within the scope of of interest of the investigation. And so that has raised a lot of concerns about whether he's an appropriate person to assume supervisory authority over the investigation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've heard so much over the last 24 hours just about how oversight might now work. Is Rod Rosenstein really independently overseeing this now? What do we know about the state of the independence of the Mueller investigation?
2: Well, Rod Rosenstein has been in charge of the investigation because Jeff Sessions has been recused. So, if you remove Jeff Sessions and you replace him with somebody who is not recused, uh, that uh, relieves Rod Rosenstein of his role of acting Attorney General for purposes of that investigation. You know, now that of course raises the question of whether uh, Mr. Whitaker will himself have to recuse. That question is not been answered publicly at this stage, but presumably the president would not have appointed him if he didn't believe that he was going to uh, not recuse given that he has so publicly humiliated Sessions and uh, by criticizing him for having recused himself.
0: DOJ ethics advisors could come in and say, listen, you've spoken publicly about the Russia investigation. You need to recuse yourself. But could he refuse to
2: do that? So I'm not an ethics lawyer, but my understanding is that the DOJ ethics lawyers provide advice on the subject. That advice is almost always followed. Now, to the extent that You refuse to file that advice. I think that is actually within the power of the attorney general, by the way. It is advice, after all. But presumably, the advice is based on something, like, for example, that you have a conflict of interest, Mr. Attorney General. Now, if you, you know, knowingly proceed with a conflict of interest in something, that raises, you know, ethics questions that can, for example, be the subject of a bar complaint against you. And it's not like friendly advice, I think
0: what's interesting to me is there have been a lot of comparisons of what happened to the Saturday Night Massacre where Nixon fired folks at the DOJ and brought Bork in to lead the organization. But Bork asked for an independent investigation as part of taking the job, I believe. It relied on the sort of a shared idea of what the rule of law is. And I just wonder if this administration is as sensitive to that shared idea.
2: Well, wonder no longer. the the, <laughs> sh- the short and obvious answer to that question is no. Under normal circumstances, and by normal circumstances, I mean almost any circumstances you can that in any of our memory in the po- certainly in the post Watergate era, we have never seen anything like this stuff before.
0: You know, listening to you, I'm just thinking about, we just know so little (laughs) right now. What are you looking for in the next few days that will signal something meaningful to you about what this change in administration of the DOJ actually means?
2: One is uh, some indication of whether Whitaker... Uh, how he means to approach the question of recusal. I don't know whether he's obliged to recuse or not. Um, based on the facts that are public, there seems to me to be a, a a real question there. I would want to verify number one that he followed that he sought the advice of the career Justice Department ethics people, and number two. That having received that advice, he followed it. And that strikes me as the first big sign as to his intentions. Is he following the regular order? I don't know what the outcome of that process would look like, but I do think to the extent that he doesn't do either of those two things, that's a real bad sign. Number two, we have not heard from Bob Mueller. Mm. Bob Mueller has used his silence as a very powerful strategic weapon. And one of the things that he has communicated with that silence is that he has a decent working relationship with Rod Rosenstein and that the, the acting attorney general for the past year and a half in this matter has not been impeding his investigation. And in fact, Rosenstein has gone up to the Hill and defended the investigation and talked about how he supervises it. And Bob Mueller has not said a word, literally not one word, about any problem that he has had with Rod Rosenstein. And that has- it's like a tacit endorsement. And in fact, there's more to it than that because when Bob Mueller issues an indictment, the person who announces it is Rod Rosenstein. They clearly have a good working understanding And the way Mueller communicates that that understanding exists is by saying nothing and letting Rosenstein speak on behalf of the investigation when it's appropriate. Uh, There is no rule that you have to behave that way as Bob Mueller. Bob Mueller could issue a press release tomorrow saying, my investigation is being impeded. He could hold a press conference. There's no rule that says he can't do that. He could resign and issue a letter that says, I cannot proceed under these circumstances. Here are the things that have been done to impede my investigation. He could transmit concerns to Congress. Bob Mueller has a voice, and he has made a decision not to use it. So one really important thing to look out for is, does Bob Mueller tell you there's a problem? If there is a problem, he will find a way to address it. Ethically, by the book, within the rules, he's not going to be leaking grand jury information. He doesn't play that. But if there is a problem, he's going to let us know. And so a really interesting data point is just, does he stay quiet? Number three, third thing to look for, what is the messaging from both Democratic incoming committee chairman in the House and also from the key swing Republican senators both in the current Congress and in the subsequent Congress where there would have to be more of them and there are actually fewer of them about what they expect from a new attorney general. Uh, what they expect Trump to do in nominating somebody and what what sort of commitments they expect that person to make before the committee. So I think those are sort of three very public bodies of things that you can kind of look for as harbingers of where this is going. And then there's one more, which is everybody kind of believes that, you know, Mueller went into hibernation in these – six weeks, two months before the election, and that there's sort of some pent-up activity that's getting ready to happen. If you see a flurry of activity from the investigation over the next, you know, few weeks, and that that proceeds, you know, that's a pretty good sign that the investigation is cooking along as as it was. Because it was expected. Well, you know— if you see a bunch of indictments come out of the investigation that's kind of sign that the investigation hasn't been shut down.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Benjamin Wittes, thank you so much for talking me through all this today. It's a pleasure. You can hear Ben Wittes and his merry band of DOJ wonks examine the story completely on the Lawfare podcast. They actually dropped a special edition last night. It's all about sessions. Check it out.
2: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: One more thing. By the end of our conversations, both Mary McCord and Ben Wittes were focused on who might be nominated to become the sitting attorney general. After all, Matthew Whitaker can only serve in his post for 210 days. Right now, there are a lot of names circulating as possible AG candidates. Chris Kobach, who just lost that governor's race in Kansas. Pat Bondi, the retiring attorney general in Florida. And all of those people that have to go through a confirmation process. Last year, Senator Lindsey Graham, who sits on the Judiciary Committee, said there'd be holy hell to pay if Sessions was fired.
1: Uh, If Jeff Sessions is fired... There will be holy hell to pay.
0: But yesterday, it seemed like Senator Graham had changed his mind.
2: He said there would be holy hell to pay. And it turns out that holy hell is really cheap. Because Trump is paying it and it doesn't seem to cost very much, at least not from Lindsey Graham.
0: That's the show. You're listening to an experiment cooked up in the labs of Slate magazine. Over the last month, What Next has been piloting and asking all of you to weigh in with what you think about what we're up to. We're going to be making shows until the end of next week. Then we're going to go on a little break, retool some things, and come back better than ever in January. Before we do that, weigh in. Tell us what you think. You can leave us a review on iTunes, or you can write to us directly at whatnext at slate.com. What Next is hosted by me, Mary Harris, and produced by Mary Wilson and Jason DeLeon. Our engineer is Terrence Bernardo. Talk to you tomorrow.